Coming to you from sunny Sacramento, it's How I Built My Business, an entrepreneur podcast. I'm Dave Carlson, and thank you so much for listening. This show is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. We help businesses lease and purchase office space. This podcast is for business owners and entrepreneurial nerds to share their stories. It's a support group for those of us who just can't help but start businesses. Today's episode of How I Built My Business features my good buddy, Strati Barakis. He is the founder and president of Calm Computing. Uh, he is an IT whiz and someone I go to frequently with questions. He's helped my clients with their IT needs. Uh, but most importantly, he is a local entrepreneur and he's here to talk a little bit about his story. Thanks for being on, Strati. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Dave. Really appreciate it. It'll be fun. Not unlike all the conversations we usually had when we were in a networking group together every Wednesday morning. So uh, it's uh, yeah. good to catch up. Miss, miss seeing you there, buddy. You know, miss yeah, seeing you there. Absolutely. I, I miss <laughs> everyone there as well. I, just a quick shout out to uh, to Latip of Midtown. It's a, a great networking group that's an awesome place to meet other business owners. I moved a little too far away, so the meetings weren't convenient. But uh, Midtown Latip is, is a great group and highly recommend checking it out. So obviously on this podcast, you know, we try to keep things light and funny. Uh, the first question we always ask is describe the worst job you've ever had without naming the employer so we don't get sued. Sure. So um, I worked at an ice cream shop and um, it was my very first job in high school. I was 16 because my parents told me uh, I had a girlfriend at the time, pretty, pretty serious. And I was driving around to see her so much and, you know, just be with her. They're like, hey, you know what? If Since you're driving so much, you got to uh, pay for gas. You know, like <laughs> we're, we're kind of cutting you off because you're, you're putting so many miles on the car and spending so much in gas money and just other stuff, right, for a girlfriend. They said, if you want a girlfriend, you got to earn your keep. I said, all right. So I went out and, and got a job at an, at an ice cream shop. It was good, but also the, the reason it was bad is because I had to work really late. When you're in high school, 11, 11 p.m., 12 midnight is pretty late, you know? Sometimes might have gone even a little later than that. But the worst part of it is they had the audacity to discipline me when I ate too much ice cream. <laughs> I just that's that's just inhuman. So how how, yeah. how was your overall uh health and, and well-being affected by having unlimited ice cream access? Well, at the time I was a 16-year-old boy and I was playing high school football. So uh not not impacted at all. You know, <laughs> if anything, I needed the calories. So so it was really the ideal time to have a ice cream job just because that's that's probably the best time when you're 16 years old and playing football. That's uh, that, that's great totally. timing in a sense. Totally. That is really totally. funny. Well, mm -hmm. obviously, you're not working in an ice cream shop anymore. Tell us a little bit about what you did to get to where you're at with your current business. Walk, you know, walk us through kind of your, your journey to being an entre entrepreneur. Sure. So um, it, it really kind of happened by accident, right? Um, it, I, I consider the official start date of my business to be May of 2009. Uh, up until then, I had been working as a private guidance counselor for high school kids. And it was cool. It was, it was neat. I got to meet a lot of interesting people. We had some pretty high profile clients and, and stuff around town. So it was fun. You know, and I, I learned a lot. It was also the first job I ever had where I, I worked from home, you know, so I had, I had to learn I th working from home is a skill and I had to learn that just sink or swim, right? Did that. It was a great job, but I just knew it wasn't what it's not what I was going to do forever. So I was kind of 
you know, late 2008, early 2009, really kind of started spending more time on sending out resumes and just kind of trying to figure out what I wanted to be when I grew up. May of 2009, I got laid off, kind of made that decision for me. And again, I just, you know, continued, you know, on the job search and all that, but I had now more time to spend on calm computing. I think what happened is it was towards the end of the year, I started to gather documents for, you know, do my tax returns and all that. And I realized I had made like, 40 or 50,000 bucks or something like that. And I was like, wow, that's, I, I have a real thing going, you know? And so I, I kind of stopped sending out res. I mean, I think I stopped sending out resumes, you know, well before that dedicated full-time to calm and was going to all sorts of networking events and, you know, joined the chambers, all that type of stuff. And it just, it just kind of grew from there. So it was very much by accident. I, if you'd asked me 15 years ago, uh, you know, do you think you'll ever work for yourself, run your own business? I would have said, you're completely crazy. I would never do that no interest in doing it. Just it's not going to happen. Now I do it. I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. That is so awesome. Tell us basically what Calm Computing does, you know, kind of the start of this interview. So all of your answers and everything you're talking about can be framed to the listener in terms of, you know, what you do and who your clients are. Sure. So we're a managed IT service provider, which means uh, we provide uh, computer technical and network support for small to mid-sized businesses. So we just we just support and maintain and help with all the technology that a, that a business has, right? Whether it's you know cloud servers, on-premise servers, printers, desktops, laptops, tablets, or anything that's electronic, we as, we assist in you know maintaining and supporting that. And our our average client is for anywhere from about five employees up to about 150. 150, 175 is our largest one. And, you know, hopefully we'd get some ones even bigger than that into the 200, 300. So we do uh, CIO, CTO type functions of, you know, kind of the strategic big picture uh, planning for, for technology. What things do you have right now? How many computers, desktops, laptops? How much of that stuff do you have? How old is it? When do we need to proactively replace it? Because that's the other key of managed services is being proactive. You know, you're not, you're not waiting for things to break and then throwing on your cape and rushing to the rescue. It's like, let's, let's do stuff ahead of time um, to avoid those problems from occurring in the first place. So that's it. That makes sense. And one of the reasons that you and I have have worked together a lot is that when I'm helping clients find new office space or make a move, it's, essential to have an IT person that knows what they're doing to help you get your new office up and running, help you figure out how to, you know, optimize your IT. So I think that's really how I've used you the most is helping clients, you know, kind of quarterback their entire move from an IT perspective, which can be really daunting and really expensive if you're not careful. It really can. It really can be. And I I will tell you this from 12 years of doing this professionally full time, I have never once seen a move, relocation, nor construction project go anywhere near budget and schedule. So I try to tell people like, I'm not being a doomer. I'm not trying to, um, you know, be pessimistic, but just just the reality is take your schedule because a lot of people are just really, you know, schedule, schedule, budget, budget. And it's like, it's just not going to happen. There's just too many moving parts. Uh, And then, yeah, you know, so with how many clients we have, you know, I know I've been able to refer you a lot because fortunately, most of our clients have have grown uh, necessitating expansions and relocations. So uh, we're able to refer back and forth very easily. What you said about timelines is is really interesting and so true. I frequently have someone who will kind of say, okay, what's the best case scenario of when I can be in my new office space? And I'll say, well, I mean, if, if five or six things go right, you could be in in two months. They're like, okay, so you know, we'll start looking when we have two months left on our lease. It's like, no, 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 no. That's if 
five things, you know, that's, that's like flipping a coin five times and getting heads five times in a row. Like it all has to line up for that. You really got to build in extra time for moving for it for all that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you really have to give yourself a good cushion again, just mentally prepare that like, uh, my wife is um, very, you know, even if it's Saturday to go to the park, if we say we're going to be like, we got to do it, be on schedule, all that. And so I try to prepare people like that to say, hey, just just relax, take a chill pill, because it's just not going to happen. <laughs> it just doesn't. Well, so yeah, setting expectations is, is a lot of it. And one Correct. thing, one thing I don't want to just glaze over here is it sounds like you've been in business for 11 or 12 years now. Twelve. Well, so it's 2021, 10, 12 years. Yeah. I mean, let's, you know, let's give a little silent round of applause for that because anyone who has been an entrepreneur and run a business successfully for over a decade, I mean, that is awesome. And, you know, I just want to personally congratulate you on that. Thanks, man. Yeah, thanks. It it is, like I said, it's it's weird to step back and look at it all, but especially because, you know, again, it was unplanned, never thought I would do it. Yeah, it's it's weird, but there you go. So, and that's what to say is not having a clue what I'm doing, right? It's 100% on the job training. That leads into our next question. Well, I mean, obviously, you probably have a natural proclivity for for IT. But I mean, how did you go from make, you know, starting with a side hustle and turning it into a, you know, a functional organization? Mm-hmm. So um, I, that's a very good question. And I, I do have a, a, a natural uh, affinity as well as just a proclivity for IT. I'm, I'm just kind of good at it. I just get it. Kind of always have been. Um, and you know, I've I've grown up to an extent with technology. Like I, you know, got the first the original Nintendo NES with the gyro bot and all that. Like I, I, you know, I had that when I was about I don't know four or five years old. Um, and I know it's nothing compared to what we have today, but it's something. It's still right. It wasn't typewriters. So I just always had the natural knack for technology. And throughout my entire career, I was always, every single business has that one person, that one go-to uh, in the office for tech issues. You know, the first line of defense of, you know, my my printer's jammed, my Outlook isn't working. You know, there's always the office manager, the receptionist, sometimes it's the owner. There's always somebody people go to. That was me. I kind of got a little bit of real world, real world experience uh, doing that. And up until, cause again, I wasn't, I knew I wasn't going to be doing the, the educational consulting forever. Um, so I actually kind of started on the side, like you said, side hustle of, you know, helping friends, family, and just kind of doing a little bit on the side, helping people with their technology. And yeah, it just, it just really snowballed and built up from there. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. That's a, that's a natural progression. Um, you know, going back to how it can be difficult to be a business owner, uh, what was the hardest part for you for starting your business? Hardest part of starting, um, letting go, giving up control, but I got to qualify that a little bit. It has been hard to, to give up and, and not give up, uh, give up control, right? And, and delegate and trust other people to do, you know, the exact same quality and to your standards. Um, but the flip side of that is it's been very hard to also find good people who, when you do delegate, they don't just totally destroy it. And I know delegation is very much a two-way street. It, it matters how you delegate helps determine the person's success that you delegate to. But, um, yeah, so I'd say, I'd say letting go and delegating is, probably the biggest thing I see other business owners struggle with as well. I, I, I still do. And that's something I'm constantly working on as well. You and I, I think, have had several conversations about delegating and bringing on help versus just doing it yourself. And you know mm-hmm. what economies of scale make sense. I, I feel like you and I have kind of 
had this conversation several times. I think you you tend to to bring on help a little more, and I tend to not delegate as much. And <laughs> I'm sure you know I'm sure I could learn a lot from you as far as you know delegating more. Um, but it is that tug of war of, you know, when I bring someone else in, they're probably not going to do quite as good of a job. And you have to take time to tell them and train them. And you just have to ask yourself, does it make sense to do that? Or does it make sense to just maybe have less clients and just keep everything yourself? You know, it's a tough yeah. answer. Tough question. Exactly. And um, it's, it's now that I'm, you know, reflecting back on it, actually, it, it has been a very long, hard struggle because uh, when I grew up, my parents, um, especially my dad, were very much, no, we're, we're going to do it. You know, I do it best. We're not going to pay somebody, say, you know, we'll save the money and do it ourselves, which is good because, you know, I mean, I, I learned, you know, how to change oil in cars and how to just how to be handy. So I'm, I'm also good with, you know, my hands and tools. And, you know, that's that's good to know, too, right, is, is being mechanically inclined and knowing how to work with tools and, and doing, you know, building stuff for my daughter and whatever. But um, I, I think I do remember being young and just going, man, like, you know, the neighbors have a gardener. Why can't we? I mean, I could be working on my school report or, you know, doing something else. But so it was that struggle with mom and dad really not delegating, not wanting to let control. I kind of was inclined that way a little bit. But then when I started with the business, then it became, well, you know, they're not doing it perfectly. They're not doing it exactly the way I want and things like that. And, you know, what most of the, if you read up on delegation, what most of the books and most of the experts say is, look, if this person can do it 75 or 80% as good as you, you're, that's just going to have to be good enough for you. Otherwise, you're never going to find perfection and you're always going to be doing it 100% yourself. You just have to make that decision of um, how badly do I really want to grow? How much do I really value my time? And can I really just stop myself from, you know, that perfection bug, which it's hard. I've got it for sure. You know, I really do. So it is, it's tough. Absolutely. Building on that, you know, we all make mistakes when we start businesses. Uh, you know, what's, what's a mistake you made that uh, you won't make again? I've got, I've got a couple is um, having a business partner and not getting everything in writing all up front. Um, yeah. yeah. So we'll start with like, you know, the, the business partner, for example, is, you know, I did have a business partner for a, a little bit uh, just after I had started the business and it just blew up, just did not go well because it just didn't go well in a lot of ways. And I'm, I'm not a, a believer anymore in having those because it's actually almost worse and more difficult than a marriage because not only are you spending eight or more hours, more than eight hours, if you're really running a business, but you're spending eight, 10, 12 hours together, but you also have that, that total, that overarching financial consideration, right? So, I mean, in, in every marriage, you know, money is always a big issue. You're, in my opinion, you're kind of amplifying it in a business partnership, but after the experience I had, I just, I don't need it. You know, I, I can hire anybody to do anything you know, you can get loans to get money. You can, you know, get so much support that I don't, I, I don't need a business partner and I'm not never going to do it again. So that was a big one. And being too lax about not getting things in writing with, with clients, with employees, you know, not having those contracts, uh, not reviewing, like really working those contracts yourself, not just downloading a template, and using it, but really make sure that it actually applies to you your situation, your business, your products and services, because uh, you're just setting yourself up for failure otherwise. So that was a, a tough one, you know, and, and 
I hate that sort of stuff. I hate legalese. And um, I mean, who likes to look over contracts, right? Especially when you're starting up your business, it's, it's the last thing you want to do. You want to go get new clients or, you know, fix computers or do whatever's your business, but it, you, you just have to get a solid contract in place for everybody and everything. Again, you know, your staff, your vendors, all that. That yeah, that's that's some golden advice. We ask this question to a lot of business owners, and very frequently, uh, you know, a bad partnership is is something that gets brought up, and you know, everyone smiles and handshakes at first, and things can go bad, and some people don't pull their weight. And mm-hmm. I, I think if anyone takes anything out of this podcast, it's be very very careful with partnerships because it's like a marriage, and yep. also get everything in writing. I mean, I think those are two very very important pieces of advice including a partnership agreement, which is another thing I failed to get in writing, which also bit me in the, in the rear later. Yeah. I just, you got to get everything in writing. You really do. Well, and, it, and it's so easy to, it's so easy to gloss over that because, you know, you don't want to be the person that shows up with a new business idea and there's, you know, there's enthusiasm and everyone's excited. And you're like, here's a big stack of papers. I want you to pay an attorney to review. It's just mm-hmm. a little, it, it can just be a little, a little awkward. And, you know, you just have to, you have to do that really for both people's sake. Yeah. I'm sorry if I'm cutting out a little bit. I've got some alarms popping up and so I'm dismissing those, which pauses the Zoom video. But um, yeah, you're, it's just, uh, it is, you just got to get it in writing. And even to the point where even with casual, low-key, uh, you know, dealings with, you know, with friends and stuff, it's like, even if it's, I'm, I'm letting you borrow $500 or whatever, it's like, put it, just, just jot it down, even if it's on a piece of paper so that you have it. Cause the other thing is, you know, you can't remember everything two, three, four months later, you're just not going to remember every detail of that conversation. So if nothing else, just for your memory. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, kind of changing tone. What about your business are you particularly proud of? Mm-hmm. Um, the fact that, you know, again, we're about 12 years old as a business, um, that I still have clients to this day that I picked up 10, 11, 12 years ago. You know, I have, I have quite a few clients that have been with me almost since the beginning or almost since the beginning. I think that reflects on, on us as an organization, as me as an owner. I'm, I'm really proud of that. That makes sense. And I'm not the most tech savvy person. And I'm sure you have clients that are the same. And there are some people where I'm sure you're an integral part of their their business. You know, they, they don't know how to do what you know how to do. So I'm, I'm sure that, you know, breeds all kinds of loyalty and frankly, a little bit of a dependency where, you know, you you know how to make their business run. Yeah. And that, that is the uh, the, the challenge is, um, you know, not only am I running a business, but it is something that really is absolute mission critical to pretty much every business. You know, I mean, just imagine if you, if you don't have internet, if you don't have computers, if you don't have a server, you know, a shared drive, I mean, what are you able to do in your business? The answer is usually not very much, you know, if your phones are down or whatever. So, at the same token, it really is a big responsibility that we have, and we do take that very seriously. Makes sense. Sort of a side question here, but you know, with ever a lot of people working remotely, I'm sure that kind of opens up IT to problems that you don't normally see when everyone's on a secure network in the Huge. office space. Yeah. Can you get, can you give us a couple of uh, things to think about or precautions to take if you're working from home and you want to protect, you know, your employer from any kind of hack or cyber attack? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a ton. There's there's a a lot to think about. 
Um, so if anything, I'll try to keep it on the shorter side, but, uh, the, the top, um, the, the biggest issue that you got to think about and really, you know, be very serious and deliberate in, uh, thinking about it, thinking it through, honestly, you, you got to talk with an IT provider of some sort. If, even if you are technically minded yourself, it just, you got to talk with a, with a professional on this. So the biggest issue for sure is security. You know, let's say you've got an office with, uh, 10 employees, right? So you have one network, one server, and then 10 computers. Well, now if you send people to work, uh, you know, for people who are working remotely, and it doesn't matter how you do it. If it's, you know, three times a week, full time, it doesn't matter what's the distribution. You have just doubled the number of networks you are now responsible for. And in some cases, the number of devices, you know, I mean, we have a couple of clients that have actually purchased separate computers specifically for their staff to work from home. Um, and that's one huge thing is, is, and I'll say it this way is don't be cheap and issue company devices. Don't be cheap because that's all it is, right? Is you're just, you're being cheap. You don't want to spend that money. Don't be cheap. Um, buy a computer, buy a phone, whatever the device is, buy it and issue it to the employee. Because if you let them use their personal device, you have zero control, absolutely zero. And even with the company issued devices, you still got to make sure and look at, well, you know, so picture you got your computer in somebody's home now. Well, what happens? Kids, husbands, wives, family, aunts, uncles, neighbor kids, you know, dogs and cats. I mean, if your dog or cat jumps up on the desk and mashes all over the keyboard, they tend to hit the exact right number of keystrokes to cause major problems and delete stuff. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, st st stuff like that. I mean, actually, one of our kittens uh, would, would do that. She would come and just just like in all the memes, she would just drape herself right over my keyboard all the time. Um, and, uh, you know, fortunately, never had any incidents because of it, but, but still, but so you just got to look at how, how does that expose you? You know, so when, when somebody's working from home, you know, does their device have a password on it? Does it have a strong password? Do you have it if you need to get into it? Um, is it set to time out so that when they get up to go take care of their kid or go to the restroom that the device locks pretty quickly? Or do you have them trained to lock it themselves so that their kids can't come up and, oh, mom, dad's computer, you know, because... The, for, the forbidden fruit is always the sweetest, you know, the, the, the place kids know they're not supposed to go and not supposed to touch or immediately what they gravitate to. So you got to think of the security. Um, if, uh, if, for, if, for example, you do let, let an employee use a personal device, well, it doesn't matter if you have cloud or, or local storage, right? If you have a server in your office or a server in the cloud, are they, uh, what, how much of your data, not are they able to, they are, how much of your data is ending up on their personal computer? You know, and how does that impact you? And then if they take and terminate and, and, and leave, there's nothing you can do. There's really nothing you can do. The, the data is already out there. The damage has been done. It's not something that can be undone. It's like when somebody grabs a copy of your driver's license, it's you, you can't, you know, you can't undo it and take that back. Um, so the security is a big one. Ensuring that people are, are productive, because like I said earlier, working from home is a skill. It's something you've got to learn. Uh, there's certain uh, things you have to do, certain things you you shouldn't or can't do, um, and so and you know it's not for everybody. You know it's tough. Um, it's really really tough. Um, and some people just just aren't going to be good at it. Aren't going to be productive. There's too many distractions. Um, you know, and I'd say that's probably then the last one. I, you know, I don't want to rattle on forever. Is making sure your your employees have a a good clean 
organized, dedicated workspace and someplace where they, it is possible for them to focus and get stuff done. And they're not just plopping their laptop on the couch or on the kitchen counter because you're just not going to be productive. I mean, you can zip out a couple quick emails or whatever, but I mean, I've got a, you know, a three-year-old, you just, you don't get anything done with, with kids running around, you know, you, you don't get that, you know, long periods of time to focus and, and get real productive, deep work done. It just doesn't happen. So there's a lot to it, a lot to consider, but you should talk to a professional for sure. And we can help you navigate all of those ins and outs. That really interesting. I hadn't thought in terms of that, but the, my takeaways from that is if you have people working from home, you need to have a little control over the device that they're using and understand where they're working. I mean, especially on personal devices. I mean, you're absolutely right. Mm-hmm. If someone gets terminated and all, all of your data is already on their laptop, like that you know, is a problem. So exactly. Yeah, it, re- it really is. And even um, a- apart from the pandemic and, and, you know, being forced to work remotely, just in general, you're, you're really playing with fire if you allow employees to use their personal devices to do work for you it's just it's it's a real problem that makes sense real security issue yeah absolutely okay perfect well uh we're going to get into some personal questions in just a little bit but before we do that we're going to take a break and hear from our high paying and very important sponsor this podcast is brought to you by carlson o'connell commercial real estate carlson o'connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number 019-77101. All right, and we are back with my friend, Stratib Barakis. He is the founder and president of Calm Computing. He's told us all about how he started his business, the ups, the downs. Obviously, he's been in business for 12 years now, which is really exciting. He's got some clients that uh, absolutely depend on him, which is fun. Uh, now we're going to get into some more personal questions, just uh, you know, just as kind of a side note and to uh, learn a little bit more about Stratib as just a, a normal dude. Um so first question is, who is your favorite sports team? You only get one. Great. Um, am I a total, am I going to destroy it if I say I don't, I don't watch sports? Um, I love, I love play, like being physically active. I played, you know, high school football. I played Little League for like 10 years. I just have never liked watching pro sports. Even when I was playing football, baseball stuff, I, I was never into it. So yeah, I'm a big movie guy. So movies, but yeah, no, no sports. Nothing wrong with that. It's funny. You know, some people kind of look down on, you know, uh, people that watch like reality TV, but then they spend, you know, two hours a day watching the Kings every night. And it's exactly, just like, exactly. It, at the end of the day, it's entertainment. Whether you're watching a movie or you're watching a basketball game, it doesn't really impact your life, nor does it really add that much value other than just a little entertainment and letting your brain turn off. So yeah, I have exactly. I have no judgment for people who decide to not make their life uh, live and die around a sports team. And I don't even want to know how many hours I've spent watching the Kings. So it's, uh, mm-hmm. I'm sure a pretty depressing statistic when you really take a step back, but uh, you know, we all That's got funny. our vices. Yeah, I uh, I do like going to to pro sport to any any sporting event really because you know that's that's an experience. You got the most amazing food, right? Garlic fries and hot dogs and you know all that stuff. So that's great. And then it's just yeah, it's a fun experience. You know, socializing. So I love doing that. 
if you were to go to a sporting event, what would you choose? Baseball, basketball, football? Like what, what would be your pick? Yeah, Rivercats. You know, locally here, for sure, the Rivercats. I love um, Rivercats games. What a pick. Yeah, it's, you know, it's just because, again, you're outside. You have that beautiful view of the skyline. Uh, assuming you get the right seats at the right time, like an evening game, it's, it's not too hot. You're not baking in the sun. For sure, the Rivercats. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, as you know, when you have a growing family too, it's so affordable. And I mean, the kids don't know the difference between the river cats and the giants. They're, they're just happy to you know get a hot dog and you know run around a ballpark. So I, I, I think it's just such an awesome value. I'm, I'm looking forward yeah. to uh, that starting up again. Well, and at the cats, I mean, they have that, that grass area, right. Where you can do exactly that is they're not tied to a seat. You can let, let them run around. They even have a bounce house and stuff like that. So it's, it's really a great, uh, great activity. You know, it's cool. And the other one I forget about is they, they do fireworks, I, I think, a certain night of the week. And so, yes. you know, I, I will go with my nieces and nephews and, you know, the baseball game is kind of like whatever. It's almost like you get through the baseball game to get to the fireworks. You know, it's a, right. Yeah, exactly. It's a good fireworks show, too. I, I always really enjoy it. Oh, yeah, man. Who, does, I, who doesn't like fireworks, you know? I, I do like not fireworks. know, but it's not somebody I want to spend a lot of time with. I'll tell you that. It's even my favorite, you know, when you go to send a message on your iPhone and you can select all those special effects. I always, always do fireworks. It's I, sure the coolest. I didn't know I, that you could do that. Once again, not super taxing. Oh, dude, I'll, I'll text you when we're done here and I'll shoot you some fireworks and yeah, you'll see it. So you're telling me I could have been sending fireworks with my text messages this entire time and I have not been doing that? With sound and vibration, like it vibrates your device. Yeah, you've been missing out, bud. Oh my missing gosh! Out okay, bad. well, that's that's a pro tip. Yeah, that's uh, that's that, that's great to know. I love that. Real okay. power productivity tip there, you know. Absolutely. No, that's, that's great. I, I also know that you are someone that reads a lot of business books. You're into business coaching. You're very much right. about becoming a better entrepreneur, which I think is super admirable. What is a good book you've read or listened to recently? Of course, it doesn't have to be a business book, but I know that you recommend those to me all the time. Well, if I can kind of digress a little bit is actually, that's what I forgot to touch on earlier is, I, and I've actually had a couple of people mentioned this to me that they noticed it is I'm never afraid to ask for help. I don't have any ego or fear. Like to me, I, I think the stupidest thing you could do is try to do something yourself that you know, you have no business doing and totally screwing it up. And that's not to say you shouldn't try and, and whatever, but like, like writing a legal contract, right? Why are you even going to try when it's something that could literally end you up in court with tens of thousands of dollars at stake? Like, why would you try and do something you just, you have no business doing? Why would you try to do your taxes? So I've always been big on along, kind of along the lines, right, of delegation and letting go. But um, that's what I was thinking in my mind as well. Yeah, you got your CPAs, bankers, all these professionals and asking for help and getting and asking for help and acting on it uh is is very important you know don't just you know let it go in one ear and out the other because then again you might as well have not even asked for any help you can get a couple of different opinions if you if just if something somebody's telling you even a base professional just doesn't sound right well that's fine get a couple other opinions but don't just you know let them blow hot air and that's it and then yeah like you said I, that's another another key to my success i think is i've had a business coach for most of the time i've had my business probably the last seven, eight years, roughly, 
you know, I've had how different business. Yeah. Seven. Yeah. At least seven, eight years had different business coaches. I think that's really important, you know, like a, a mentor, somebody to, uh, j- just, if nothing else for that second set of eyes and that second perspective that especially not having a business partner, somebody that you can, you know, unload to that can look things, you know, from a, fr- look at things from a fresh perspective and, you know, a sounding board to bounce things off of. But more importantly, ideally, of course, you'll, you'll pick somebody that actually has experience as a business owner and not just being a coach, right. But actually as a business and, you know, they've been there, done that. So I'm a big fan of learning from other people's mistakes, uh, as opposed to, you know, getting burned the hard way. But so having a business coach and then along those lines, right. Is yeah, you got to read, learn and grow. Like if you're, if you're not into improving yourself in any, in every way, you're going to have a hard time with a business, you know, because the only thing worse than not growing is staying the same. Uh, it really is true. And um, so you've got to constantly be reading, uh, learning, educating yourself. And then so finally, to answer your question is, I think one of the best books I've read that I am rereading currently is called Traction. And um of course, I'm totally blanking out on the author, but I think I recommended it to you once, um, like Gino Wickman or something. Anyways, called Traction. Uh, he talks about the the EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System. That book, Traction, is the closest I think exists to a how-to manual uh, for running a business. It just it's amazing. It's a really awesome book, and if you have if you own a business or if you have any interest in owning a business, I can't recommend it highly enough traction. I, I think it is Gino Wickman now that I think about it. Gino Wickman. That rings a bell. And I must confess, you recommended that to me as have two other people. And I have just not gotten it in my queue yet. But it's a great reminder. The several people have recommended that book to me. So um, I appreciate the reminder there. I definitely will have to check it out. I'll shoot it to you when we're done here. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, next question. What is the last song you listen to? Feel free to lie. Kind of like, you know, I, I like junk food. I love fast food and, you know, I've improved my eating habits a lot, but I still, yeah, I freaking love a Big Mac or a quarter pounder. Um, I have this weird thing for trashy white girl rap and <laughs> I somehow, thanks to these damned algorithms with, with YouTube, I, I found that, do you remember that catch me outside the Dr. Phil, <laughs> yeah. the Dr. Phil, Danielle Brigoli or something? She literally became overnight famous because I don't know, she was trashy and she has a song out called these ho. And I've, purposely listen to it more than once i'm embarrassed to say um yeah i'm not gonna go so far as to say i like it yeah that's that's it oh that's 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 super funny yeah it's uh <laughs> i guess we, we all have we all have our uh our, our music that we listen to that we're not super proud of so that's that's pretty great it's it's like sports for me it's like it's you know just fun takes my mind off everything it's just it's like a train wreck, you know, it's so ridiculous. You can't help but look and listen and just be like, what, you know, what the, what the heck? But I, I call it, that's my McDonald's for my ears is what I call it. Absolutely. No, that's, that's, that's really funny. That's really funny. Awesome, man. Well, you know, I, I appreciate you taking time to talk to us. I'm sure you're going to be, you know, running off your next client meeting shortly, but I want to give you one more chance to kind of tell the audience something about your business or something you want to promote or, you know, make it clear something that you're offering um, that I haven't really mm-hmm. given you a chance to talk about. Yeah. Um, well, so yeah, thank you very much for having me. This has been a lot of fun. You know, I love you as a, as a person and a friend and, um, you know, 
Uh, it's great to catch up with you and have this conversation. Um, I think what I'll say is I've, I've been thinking a lot about, you know, our industry, our industry, right? You know, managed IT services. Um, I feel that one of the only ways you can really differentiate and distinguish yourself is with customer service and your customer experience and customer relationships. Because um, I'm sure we, we all we all know the stereotypes about IT, right? They're geeky, dorky, they speak in jargon, you don't understand them, all that type of stuff. It, it's stereotypes exist for a reason, right? Um, and in my industry, it's it's not unusual to get poor customer service, right? Because most technically inclined people don't really have the best people skills for whatever reason, right? Just like, you know, artists aren't great at business and whatever, right? Just kind of those, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's true, you know. But I do frankly have that uh, combination of I am, you know, I'm not the greatest tech in the world, but I'm pretty technically minded. Um, and I have pretty good people skills, I've been told. Um, great. So, um the, the a laser focus on customer service, the customer experience is is how uh, we are choosing to differentiate and distinguish calm computing. Um, again, is you know a kind of a testament to that is um, you know I don't really you know tout myself too much, but we, we do. I've got a lot of clients that have been with me eight, 10, 12, like multiple, multiple years and including you know quite a few from from the very beginning. So um, I think that speaks to that. So if uh, you're tired of getting uh, abused and I've seen outright abuse come from IT providers to, to clients, uh, just some of the things I've heard have just been shocking. But even then on a more mundane basis, just the, you know, you don't love your IT person, you know, just a uh, perfect example of CPAs. CPAs tend to be a little bookish and not dynamic. Well, the CPA I found is amazing. I love talking to him. He's super dynamic, great sense of like, he's just a great damn guy. Um, and I told him, I was like, you are, how did you end up as a CPA? Cause you're just, you know, you're too cool. If you really want to love your, your IT provider and be with somebody that again, really focuses on being proactive, uh, delegating your tech to us, right. Just, you know, getting, just getting out of it, you know, tech, especially is something that so many small businesses get, get caught up and they're like, Oh, I, I can do it. It'll just be a few minutes. And it's very easy to sink a lot of time into your small business technology. And the worst part with technology is you don't know what you don't know, but in technology that can just kill you. So many times I've sat down to, to look at client systems and they, they tell me, Oh, uh, I set up our backup six months ago. Our IT person set up our backup a year ago. Well, guess when their last successful backup was six months, a year ago. Um, it, it just happens all the time. So if you want a, a company that is, again, really proactive, pays attention to details, but that really just we're all about our customers, then uh, give, you know, give us a call at Calm Computing especially help navigating the new, you know, work from home remote paradigm, which like I said, is there's a lot to it, you know, it's, it's complex, but at the same time, it's simple. Um, But there's a lot to think about uh, a lot that you can't afford to gloss over and just ignore. Like I said, with the personally owned devices with configuring things like to make sure that when your staff get up for lunch break or whatever, that the kids can't hop right onto the computer and frankly, to know what the heck they're doing, because a lot of people just can't work from home. Um, and so honestly, I mean, it, we even do things like we, we can give tips and tricks on how to successfully work from home on ergonomics. Um, you know, we really look at a, a holistic view of our clients, business and technology. We're not just 
computers and that. And so that's the other thing, right? It was we do the more strategic, big picture technology planning, right? Of the stuff you have. If, if, for example, if you had a bunch of Macs, it's like, well, is that is that going to help you grow your business? You know, it's like, well, if you switch to Windows, there's this app that everybody in your business is in your industry is using and would just really help take it to the next level. So maybe it makes sense to switch you away from Max as an example. But so I'd say that the, the customer fo- customer focus, proactivity um, are, are our biggest uh, differentiators. So calm computing. Absolutely. So that's Strativarakis, Calm Computing. Uh, give them your website URL if they want to look you up and uh, and get some help. Yeah, it's a long one. It's well, I'll give you our, our phone number is 916-924-0750. That's 916-924-0750. We always have somebody answering our phone, never goes to voicemail, at least eight to five. And then our website is kind of long. It's Calm Computer Consulting. Com. So it's calm, like calm down, which we help people do calm their technology. Calm, that's our tagline, calming the frustration of technology, calmcomputerconsulting.com. Beautiful. Okay, man. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I feel like we learned a lot. Uh, thank you again for, for carving out, you know, an hour to chat with us and, uh, you know, wish you a great rest of your day. And, and thanks again. Thanks. You too, Dave. Take care. Thanks again for the opportunity. It's been fun. All right, buddy. See you later. Thanks again for listening. Uh, If it weren't for you and our guest, I'd just be talking to myself. Until next time, support local businesses and stay happy. This podcast is brought to you by Carlson O'Connell Commercial Real Estate. Carlson O'Connell helps business owners buy and lease commercial buildings. Are you tired of spending hard-earned money on expensive commercial rent? Go to carlsonoconnell.com to schedule a no-pressure, free lease versus own analysis. With record low commercial interest rates and 10% down SBA loans, you could be your own landlord. Trade in your monthly lease payment for an appreciating real estate asset to supercharge your net worth. Contact Carlson O'Connell for more information. License number 01977101.